Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. Broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And we're back with our second of our daily AFTN Soccer Shows this week. First one seemed to go down very well. Although, as I was putting it together, and then putting this one together as well, it did strike me that, obviously, my idea of a short podcast now is a one-hour podcast, or a normal podcast, as many other soccer podcasts would class it. Didn't know how long these daily ones were going to be, but we're just going to go with the flow. We've got a lot of material, we've got a lot of content recorded, so we're just going to push them out. Hopefully, you're going to enjoy them, and then... Well, we'll see how things go after this. This might be something we do again later in the year, ahead of the, the CPL season starting. We'll kind of have a look at the numbers, see what the listenership's just been like in general, and yeah, we'll take it all from there. But this is going to be another Whitecaps-centric episode. We're going to be doing a, a season preview of sorts, tied in with some bold predictions that we're going to make as to what's going to happen in various aspects of the Whitecaps season. But before we get into all that, I just want to kick the chat off with a a little bit of unpacking of something that Mark DeSantis told me when we had our chat in episode 439. If you haven't checked out that episode yet, highly recommend it. 50 minute one-on-one with MDS, just talking about all things Whitecaps ahead of the season to come. And this is going to kind of tie in with us looking at what we're expecting from various aspects of the team this season as we start with a look at formations and just exactly what the Whitecaps are going to do this year and especially at this point of the season when they don't have all what you would expect to be their first team regular starters in camp, up to speed, training and everything like that. Now, he he said that no matter what personnel are in place, that he's wanting to keep the model of play that he wants to go with. So we're looking at a 4-4-2. So whether all the guys that would normally be playing that are there, that's what he wants to stick with because he wants the team to get used to that. He wants them to have that rhythm, that understanding, so that the players can slot in and out. He said, yes, it means some players might, for these first couple of weeks, be playing out, out of position. 
But I, mean, I, th- I think that's the right thing to do. Just keep that instead of chopping and changing because last year, and like Mark talked about it, he was starting to question himself as to what is the right thing. So they've got this, they want to stick with it no matter what, and that's what they're going to go with. And I think that's the right decision. I think I think it is wise to um, to have a identity uh, on the pitch uh, that is going to be the same no matter what. Because yeah, he talked in, in your conversation about um, for the first time in his coaching career, just being like not even knowing who they were, right? Going from a three-five-two to a four-two-three-one to a five-three-two, or I, yeah, I think someone put this out. I need to. I, I wish I'd written this down, but there was a lot of different formations used last year. Now, some of them are fluid, obviously. And you, yeah. Is it a 4-3-3? Is it a 4-4-2? A, a four, four, is it a 4-5-1? Whatever. They had, they, had different, they had different formations during a game multiple times, yeah. too. So, a, But the thing is, with a 4-4-2 base, uh, if you start off with that, you can easily adjust it to other formations if you need to. Uh, you slide one striker back into a 10, you become a 4-3-3. Um, you move the wingers a little tighter, you could become a, a 4 2 3 1 if you drop the center. So there's a lot of options there. Um, I definitely think that they should, because of the fact that the center backs, um, I just feel like three at the back right now it does not work in MLS unless you have the right personnel. Um, so stave away from that, have the base four at the back, and adjust your midfielders and strikers accordingly. Uh, this is this. This is going to sound negative, and I don't mean it to be negative because um, I think it's going to be a positive for them. But I think what they've gone with too is the most simplest of, of, yeah. of formations, right? Like it's it's yeah. it's the easiest to um, probably to play for most players. Uh, what a lot of the players probably have grown up playing, um, so there's a familiarity uh, to it. And uh, so, yeah, I think I think it's not the most definitely not the most exciting option. <laughs> Um, but I think it's something that is going to enable them to have consistency and players more know what's expected of them and be able to train the train accordingly. And that, that mythical 10, it could be a guy that could be a second striker too. And so you could play that as a second striker, but also help out in the midfield. That's what the ideal thing you want to do in those kind of positions. So let's look ahead to this season. How nervous or confident are you? heading into to this year what are you expecting of this team i'm neither nervous nor confident i'm in a position where i want to see them where they go like if they make like i'm not bothered if they don't make the playoffs because uh because it is this very strong western conference and like again i and i hate to make this excuse but it just haven't been able to bring people in so I'm not bothered one way or the other like i would like them to see them make the playoffs but if they don't i'm not going to be like um, tearing any, any, anybody up or anything about it. I'll, I'm very like I want to wait and see what's going on because I no longer feel like I have a horse in this race. Like it, I'm neither like Steve. I'm neither excited nor or anxious about this. Uh, I, I think um, I, I'm. I guess I'm a little bit concerned for them because they're not hitting the ground like running. Uh, they won't be alone in that. But I think them and the Canadian the, the Canadian teams definitely have. And added uh, added issues, but um, I I think it, it as much as a number of things have changed and a number of things have changed for the positive. Uh, I think that still it's just, this is the same thing with the Whitecaps is they need to make the playoffs, 
And yeah. it's like they just if they make the playoffs, then they're in the lottery and anything can happen. And that, that'll be the, the success they desire. However, I still don't see them. I still don't see them as a top seven team uh, in, in the West this year. I don't see them making the playoffs this year, especially there's one less team making the playoffs. Right. And there's yeah. one more. One more team in the in the conference this year. I well, I mean, it's, it's seven making it, which is what it was meant to be. But it, it was yeah. eight last year yeah. with with everything that happened. But it's, it's going back to the the normal seven for this year. Yeah, seven out of thirteen, or, or is it four? four yes. I, yeah, there was thirteen now with Austin yeah. coming in. So I I still don't see them, you know, being in that top half of the of the conference. I'm uh, actually I, I, quite I, I, optimistic. I, I, I I'm I'm I know that oh. I'm surprised, but. By um by some of the additions. oh are we are we making the predictions right now? The, well, no, the just division? just like what we think for the for the the white cats, like what we're expecting. So I mean, we can we can tie it into this. So I mean, like, right. let, let's let's get to this now. Do you think the the white cats will make the playoffs? So Zach's a, a, a clear no. I'm a yes. I think they're going to be seventh or eighth. Steve, I mean, do you think they make it? I, I've, been, I've been asked to make a prediction, a bold prediction. So I'm oh, going right. to make a bold prediction. Oh, okay. I'm going to say they make a playoffs. <laughs> I mean, bold prediction is I think they win the supporter shield. That's a very no, bold prediction. That's, that's an insane prediction. That's not a bold prediction. No, I, I I think they have a chance to make the playoffs. I think they're the the one to five is very strong. I don't. Uh, and then after that, there's like everything. Everybody's kind of melded together. Like there's no real standouts in those six, seven, eight, nine. All the way down to twelve, maybe. Maybe there's a the. So you're telling me there's a chance, Steve? Yeah, there's a chance. I I think they will make the playoffs. I think they will as well. I think they'll be seventh. Like what I'm expecting from them this year is a much improved performance defensively, an attack that clicks, and we're gonna get good goals. We're gonna have a good goal difference, and I mean there'll be the odd game that we ship goals probably to LAFC, but I I genuinely think this is an exciting team. Now, a lot depends on this number 10. A lot yeah. depends how many players they lose to international duty over the, the course of the season at vital times and what that then maybe does to their form. And like with all teams, a lot depends on your key guys staying healthy. I, I think they can. I, I, I like this team that MDS has built. And I really am confident that this year we're going to get back into the playoffs. I don't think it's going to be pretty at times, and I think it's going to go right down to the wire. But I, I'm feeling good about this team. I think if they were playing games at home with supporters, I would uh, raise their chances. But yeah, that is that that that's the tough one. So I mean, like tied into that, I, I'm saying I think they're going to be seventh. I Steve, if you're putting one to thirteen, where do you have them? Oh yeah, seventh. It's gonna be just making the playoffs. I'm not gonna go overly bold. Zach, what about you? I'll I'll say uh, I'll say you. Uh, I was gonna say I was gonna say eight to ten. So I'll go nine. Yeah, but see, if you if you predict them to nine, then they're the, the making the playoffs is not that overly a big big we'll, jump. We'll have to see how big the gap is. Yeah. Now, some of you all have read a, a, an article in the province that, that JG wrote. Um, it all stemmed from a, an email that came out from a guy called Kyle Newman, who works with Odds Checker, the, the bookmakers. Um, so I got this email as well, and I genuinely thought it was a fake email. But basically, it says that over the last seven days, 
50% of bets placed on the winner of the MLS Cup have been placed on the Whitecaps, making them the clear betters' favourite of the second favourite to Minnesota United. Um, to, to give you an idea just now of, like, the, the Whitecaps are at odds of, I, I don't understand the American odds, it's like plus 8,000. Uh, I kind of more just know my UK fractional odds, which I'm just kind of trying to click into to just now to see if I can change it into the the UK system. But, no, it doesn't seem that we can. But basically, I'm thinking this is like 80 to 1. Um, Might be what the, what the odds are and the kind of odds that I'm used to. But it seems insane that lots of folks pile money on them. So, Michael, you're saying if you bet, if you bet $100 on the Whitecaps... Yep, you've got a chance of losing a hundred dollars. The the plus eight thousand means that if you bet a hundred, you win eight thousand. Oh yes, yeah, so it's eighty to one. Yeah, it's basically eighty to one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking then. I don't know why to do two thousands or what in the uh-huh. hundreds because I've seen plus two hundred. Who's taking them at eighty to one? Like, well, apparently like, lots of people because the, the quote. Have you not? Have you not heard of? De- have you not heard of degenerate gamblers? The term degenerate gamblers. They see a, a plus eight thousand on something. Uh, they see a team that's kind of like in the middle or whatever. They're going to throw the money on that. And they, and they are. They might not be putting that much, but they're definitely putting some on there. According to the the, the email that we got, it says betters are flocking to the popular underdogs. And described the Whitecaps as being a hot ticket on the betting market. So now, now not only do the Whitecaps have MLS against them, they have their opponents against them, they have their referees against them. Now they have the, the, the LA or LA, the Las Vegas. Uh, uh, no, oh yeah, there. But they uh, got the but they got the degenerate gamblers for them, and that means referees are being bought off. <laughs> Allegedly, the, yes, of course it would not happen here. It also says, odd makers give Oscar De La Hoya to be elected president in 2024 the same odds as the Whitecaps to win the MLS Cup. And that's why that's why they would go for that bet, because that's more reasonable than Oscar De La Hoya becoming president. I, the Whitecaps I think Oscar De La Hoya becoming president is more likely than the Whitecaps winning the 2021 season. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I know we're looking for bold predictions. If you think of this as like hot sauce... Intense, crazy, burn-your-head-off flavour is the, the Whitecaps winning the MLS Cup, I feel. Never mind bold predictions, but we'll, we'll come to some more of that in a bit. I mean, the odds suggest a 1.2% chance of winning the league, which is like 22nd in all of the, the MLS teams. LAFC are 16.7% implied chance of winning. Their odds are plus 500, followed by Columbus Crew at plus 900. Seattle are the third favourites at plus 1,000. But again, the release said over the last seven days, 50% of bets placed on the winner of the MLS Cup have been placed on Vancouver. They're thinking betters might be intrigued by the, the Whitecaps spring transfers, bringing in Saicedo, Kyle Alexander, and I guess the the thought of having this number 10 as well. But anyway, if you do want to check out more about the odds, you can check out oddschecker.com. You can get all the MLS odds there. But let, let's move on past that now and just continue with our kind of 
predictions for the, the season to come from a, a Whitecaps perspective, because we'll be looking at the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference in some of the shows later on this week. How improved do you think the defence is going to be this year? Now, last year, I'd initially worked this out wrong, but they gave up 1.91 goals per game. It was 1.74 in 2019. So obviously getting worse, but they have made strong improvements and you're hoping that that chemistry and the addition of Gaspar, having, say, Ranko and Godoy having a partnership for the whole season. And as MDS said, based on the tail end of last season, there were certainly improvements. Do you see that improvement continuing to this year? Are we going to have the kind of defensive showing that we kind of had in the best Robo years? Yeah, I'm going to say that um, because I predict them for the playoffs, I will say they will improve because they have to in order to make the playoffs. And I yeah. will say 1.41. Oh, wow. Uh, I, uh, there's so many moving parts to this. Um, yeah, yeah. If Ranko and uh, Godoy can stay healthy, that's, that, those are, that's a big question mark right there. Um, but yeah, they should be improved. But m- more importantly, something we've talked a little bit a lot on the show in the past, and I think uh, Steve has been the person who usually brings it up. It's what is this new midfield going to look like and how is it going to uh, protect the back four? And um, also, Steve, also Steve's, been, Steve's been bringing that up for years now. Yeah. Yes. How, how, how's it going to protect the back four? How's it going to aid in transition? How's it going to aid in link up play and creativity and all that kind of stuff is going to have a huge impact on, on, uh, on the the goals against number, I'll, I'll if C went one point four one, I'll go uh, I'll go one point four five. Oh man, oh, I was gonna go one point four four. Okay, oh, I'll, I'll say I'll say one and a half. I'll say one and a half. I was gonna say one and a half, but that felt too even. Flip side of that, then they they basically they averaged just over a goal a game uh, in in twenty twenty. From the the twenty three games played, they scored twenty seven goals. I think that's drastically improved this year. I, I can see us... I, I almost said two. I, I'm thinking something like 1.8. I think it's going to be a good goals for. I, I'm, I really think our attack's going to kind of click and be banging the goals in. I'll say 1.57. I'll say 1.46. Oh. Well, so you have them making the playoffs because they're scoring more than they're letting in. Yeah. So, I mean, for some of these, we'll just do some quick hits back and forward. It's just a bit of fun. But we'd also like to, to hear what you think on any of these as well. So let, let us know, just in general, do you think the defence is going to improve? Do you think the the attack's going to improve? I, I see both making quite big improvements, and that's why I feel we, we can be a, a, a playoff team this season. The MLS experts on the MLSsoccer.com had the Whitecaps finishing from 9th to 13th for a point prediction. What do you feel? I got him uh, 46. I thought 48. I'm going to go 43. But see, I'm, I'm saying 48, but I'm not 100% sure 48 would be enough to get them in. It depends how much parity there I is think, this year. I think, I think there'll be a lot of parity. I think a lot of points will be lost. Above, it's still 34 games, right? Yeah. So, I mean, last season you can't really base too much on, but we'll come to that in, in, in the next part. Was last I mean, year the year where they didn't tie a game? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. 
I forgot I mean, all about still, that, actually. Yeah. yeah 9-0-14 was the record last year. But we've touched on it. But what, what does success look like for the Caps in 2021? If we're sitting doing our end-of-season review and we're saying that was a successful year for the White Caps, what would that mean to you? What what would make I would, 2021 successful? I would say a playoff, uh, uh, making the playoffs, uh, being awarded the Voyager's Cup by CSA, not playing in any Voyager Cup games, but just being <laughs> awarded the trophy. And then... Um, I think that's good enough. I think Cascadia Cup, yeah, it would be nice to see them more uh, competitive in those games, but uh, I think those first two things would be good. I think um, making the playoffs and or winning any silverware. I, making the playoffs for me, with everything that they've gone through and being away from home again, I, I think it's a big achievement. Will it be enough to satisfy some of the fan base? Probably not. I, I well, anything be enough to satisfy? Yeah, I, I, I was, I was trying to be nice, but yeah, basically, I don't know what will be enough to satisfy some, some of the, the fan base on the pitch, or we know what would satisfy them off it. But I mean, if they make the playoffs, I think that's a successful year. For me, a great successful year would be going deep in the playoffs and just being competitive in the playoffs. But I also successful for me this year would be seeing some of the young guys really make the breakthrough. And having some guys that you're you're really talking about as, as being difference makers. And we'll come to this in a in a little bit, but having like a double digit goal scorer, having a double digit assist person, that would be a really successful year for me. If they just make the playoffs, I still think that that, that would be a su- successful year. So tying into the goal scorers now, I kind of did a little bit of jotting down of stuff tonight. I had a look at how many double-digit goal scorers the Whitecaps have had in their 10 seasons in, in MLS. Do you want to hazard a guess? Two or three. No, it's more than that. It's uh, I thought it was only six, five, six? Seven. Seven. Oh. I was genuinely surprised. I didn't think it was, was as that. Kai Kamara, Camilo, the Colombian. Uh, oh, I didn't have the Colombian. I forgot about him. Yeah. I had a... Yeah, I just had a... Did Ooh. Kenny Miller break 10? No, no, he didn't. No. Um, I just had Camilo uh, and Kamara for sure. And I wasn't sure who I was thinking about the other one. I mean, technically... Morales? Technically, Zach's right because there were six different players. But it, there were seven times in those 10 uh, years. Camilo did it twice. Yeah, yeah, Camilo did it twice. But that first season, that first crap season... We had two double-digit oh, scorers. Oh, Eric, Eric. Yeah, because Camila had 12 and Eric Hasley had 10. And, it, and and Camila only had more than Eric because at the end of the year, Camila was playing and took the penalties at the end of the year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the seven times, Camilo and Hasley in 2011, Camilo 22 goals in 2013, Pedro 10 goals in 2014, Rivero 10 goals Rick. in 2015. Oh, I forgot Rivero. Ah, because of his great start. Freddie, 13 goals in 2017. Uh, We're just looking at like MLS um, regular season. Kai, 14 goals in 2018. Then the other seasons, Matic led with seven in 2012. And we made the playoffs with a a leading scorer that had seven goals. Pedro got nine in 2016. The last two years though, Freddie leading scorer with eight. Cava last season leading scorer with six, obviously shortened season and stuff. But that to me was quite a 
quite a surprise because it hadn't I, when I was speaking to to Eve on the last show about Montreal I was saying oh I just yearned to to have those really good double digit scores we haven't had them here we have had a couple of times but to be a successful team you're needing a guy that's like 15 plus yeah to really to make that impact you look at the likes of Vela you look at Bradley Wright Phillips in the past all these guys Kai Kamara we need a 15 plus guy is Kava going to be that guy this year? If not, what do you think Kava's going to get? I well, I'm, I, I, I'm going to go bold again. I'm going to go 16. Right, I, I got him at 15. I, I'm thinking he falls somewhere between 12 and 15. If he gets the good support and everyone's clicking and it's not just down to him, I think that that's a, a reasonable amount. I, I still think the 15 is going to be patchy. Like It's going to be like two, two or three here and then a... You know, then I'm thinking it might be more 12 if he isn't taking the penalties because I think he might not be taking the penalties. My only concern about getting 16 is how long is he going to be away with the national team? Do yeah, know? that that that's another big... So I'm I'm okay if he gets like a... averages half a goal a game or something like that. If he hits that kind of mark, then that's okay with me too. But we all feel he's going to be double digits and for what for what you're paying, for what he's done at the national team level, that's what you need. If he can be 15 plus, if he can get those 16 or even more, the more goals Kava gets, the more likely the Whitecaps are to be a playoff team. But I also think linked into that is Christian Dahomey. I genuinely think this is going to be a huge breakout season for Dahomey. I think I would not be surprised if he outscores Kava. That's my bold prediction. My bold prediction for the homie is this will be his last season with the Whitecaps and he'll be in Europe next year. That that's fair. If if mine comes true, that saying, would that would lead to that. Uh, Zach, I'm not saying what level at Europe, but it'll be in Europe oh, somewhere. Oh. I'll, I'll have him at East Fife in a flash. Um, <laughs> yeah, Michael, your question was: Is it a breakout season for the homie? I'd say it has to be for them to achieve what they want to achieve. If 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 he doesn't, then I. I think that they're it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit like last year, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 he has to. Him and Kava have to get going. If we can have a twenty eleven Hasley Camilo type yeah. duo that's both banging the goals in from those two, sets us up nicely. I, I guess the other person who could be would be uh, Casido. Yeah, but him. I'm not expecting a lot of goals from him. I'm hoping assists. I'm also hoping a lot of assists from the number ten and Kyle and, and like actually let's let's just quickly look at assists just just now before I get to the last striker question. I had a look at assists as well, and we've had two seasons where guys have hit double digits in assists. Pedro in twenty fourteen, and both Jordi Reyna and Fonzi got eleven in twenty eighteen. But the other years, uh, like I'll, I'll just quickly rattle through them. 2011, Camiento, 9. 2012, Camilo, 7. Like Matix led the scoring in 7. Camilo led the assist in 7 and we made the playoffs. That's just insane to, to me in the current state of things. Tybert led in assists in 2013 because That's of that one. great spell that he had. What was um, the number? 9. 9. Pedro 12 in 2014, Kakuta 6 in 2015, Belanius 8 in 2016, Belanius and Teixeira 7 in 2017, 2018 we mentioned, Inbom Wong and Ali 
five each in 2019. And then the Colombian the next year? And no, it was Ali. Oh, actually, yeah, it was because Ali and Freddie both had five yeah. in, in 2020. Now, that kind of shows the importance of Ali Adnan, which I think to, to be the leading assist guy, I know it's only five, but to be that, if he can get some more of that coming, maybe get them from Gasper on the other side, I mean, who knows? But I feel, again, to be a playoff contender, we need a double-digit assister or multiple guys that are like eight, nine with assists. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's a good show. Now, last thing to ask about the striking department is, and we touched on it in the last part, who do you feel has the better season between David Egbo and Theo Bear? Heart says Bear, head says Egbo. I think uh, the frustration will set up on Bear, and I think Egbo, I don't think either one's going to have a spectacular season, but Egbo will have more opportunity because of that. Yeah, I, I think that as well, especially because Theo could potentially get called up to the Gold Cup squad. Which he could be loaned out too. Yeah, he could be loaned out, I guess, to get in playing time. But, I, I mean, with Kava being away, Eggball's got a chance to step up there. And if Bear was happened to go or Ricketts happened to go to that Gold Cup squad as well, I think Eggball's going to be the guy. And I think Eggball will have, have the better better season. He looks a great prospect. We just don't know what he's going to be like at this level. But he seems hungry. He seems confident. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Eggball as well. Now, the new number 10 and Kyle Alexander are the two expected midfield maestros, I think, if we're looking at that. Do you think there's any other guy that rises from this midfield pack? I think they all can have their moments. I don't think anybody's going to get to another level. I think the guy that's got the highest ceiling would be Baldy, uh, just because he, he, if he connects... With Kyle and, and and the number ten, like and, and show some developmental chemistry. I think he can really show something there, uh, especially with the way those well those other two. I don't even know who the number ten is, but uh, the way Kyle plays, all these people could be a really nice fit with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bikel and Owosu, I think that they can each have very good seasons. It's just it's really going to be effective because you don't know who's going to get injured in these kind of groups. Like 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 it's going to be a really a lot of games, a lot of fast. It, it, you don't know who's going to be playing. We don't know, like you said, the international window. We don't know who's in that. It's going to be all over the place. So it's hard to predict who's going to have, like, who else rises from the pack because I think they're all going to have opportunity. Yeah, I would agree with Steve in terms of Baldissimo having being the only per- other person who might rise to a level that is uh, noteworthy in terms of his impact. Um, uh, Ouso, who we know is injured at the moment. We don't know how bad. But Ouso and Bickle... Uh, Bikel, I think, yeah, I think they'll be significant parts of the of the side. I don't know how much they're going to contribute going forward. Okay, so we've looked at the midfield. Let's turn our attention to the defence now. Barring injuries, does anyone unseat Max as the number one? No. I say no as well. Unless, unless there's depending on a lot of dewy pitches. Who do you think will be the breakout star for the for this season? I think it's, uh, I would put it to Kyle or um, Diver. I, I'm going to say Dahomey. Diver. Just to, because I, I genuinely think he is going to have a fantastic season. Piling all the pressure on, on poor Christian here, but 
I think he will be the guy that will look back and go, oh, he's he's broken out. He's the guy that folk are talking about even in MLS awards as a, as the breakout star. It's the unsigned creative attacking midfielder. Oh. Oh, the other player, the he other that player that I would named. say is a, a dark horse to be uh, the breakout star would be Renko. Mm. Oh, that's a good shout. So. Yeah, yeah. That is, a, that is a good shout. Who do you think will be the unsung hero? Sorry, I'm a Marvel fan, but I'm going to say DC. Oh, I, interesting. I like that. I was actually going to say Ranko for that one, but I like yours even better. I, I personally think that Godoy's going to be injured too much. I think it's Cornelius and Ranko as the starting center backs most of the year. Do you know, that's a, that's a good one. I, w- I had Godoy. Just by just by being the guy that was there and solid and no one really talking too much about him. But that's a good shout of Ranko because Godoy might find himself injured quite a bit. I'm just happy that we're not gonna have to deal with any more of this Godoy playing right back stuff. They finally got yeah, a, for sure. a, yeah. a number one right back. I, I'd really like what, what Eric brings. I I like his aggressiveness, I like his ability to to be do well in both boxes. I just hope he can stay healthy. It's it's starting to get to the slightly concerning stage now. Now we're not saying he's injured just now. It was just precautionary that they didn't take him to Chicago. But there's obviously something hanging about there that they're not a hundred percent sure about. But I put that very question to Mark DeSantis at Whitecaps Media Availability on Wednesday. Asked him about Eric Godoy, whether it's a concern. But also asked him just for a, a quick update on Leo Ouso. And we heard from Gio Savarese in yesterday's show how he feels their team is very well prepared heading in against the Whitecaps with their CONCACAF Champions League action. So with all these absences, with the prospective injuries that's also now in the squad, just how difficult is it going to be for the Whitecaps heading into that season opener against the Timbers on Sunday? Here's MDS. But to, to start by asking, I guess, a, a little injury update on, on Leo, but also, I, I know Eric Godoy wasn't taken to Chicago for precautionary reasons at the weekend. Is, is there any concerns about him and his fitness this season, bearing in mind how last year went for him? Yeah, there is a concern right now. Unfortunately, he had a little bit of a setback. He started the preseason in a very good way, very solid. And there's a little bit of a setback with him right now. It doesn't look that bad. uh, Eric's going to start training with the team again on Friday. Um, So let's see how how we react to that. Derek is still out for now. Derek Cornelius is still coming out from from the injury he had with the Olympic team. He's already doing a lot of exercises on the field. So I think Eric's going to be fully ready to train next week, uh, but not during this week yet. Uh, Leo is going to have it for a couple of weeks, unfortunately. Um, and, um, and it's too bad because like I said before, Leo was having a very solid preseason, looked good in the games, uh, we play, we played and the other ones, it's more of, uh, visa situations or they're in quarantine, so they can't even train with us. So if you don't train, there's no chance you're going to be uh, available to play. 
um, Ali's still with the visa situation, so Ali's not with us here right now. Uh, Bruno, David Egbo, and Caio are all uh, still quarantined, so not training with the team. Uh, and for now, Derek, uh, Eric, and, and Leo for now out. Wow, that's a, that's a lot to, to not have going into this first game. Watched the Portland game last night uh, against Marathon, as I'm sure you did as well. We talked before about how they're already up to speed with meaningful competitive games, but it, it certainly felt that they looked sharp, they looked hungry, they looked kind of maybe at a, a different level than you could maybe expect you guys to be at. What did you make of, of how they looked last night? Yeah, no, I think you can't be afraid to talk about facts, what is happening now. And right now, the facts are they didn't have visa issues. They didn't have players that were not in. They were able to have a preparation where they played Phoenix, Sporting Kansas City. They played the, the Seattle twice. Um, they had two games of Champions League. Uh, they have the same team as last season, apart from the two changes as as fullbacks. So we have to go in this one, knowing that our opponent right now it's a fact a fact that they're in a different stage than us. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to start the game in front foot. We're not going to start the game pushing and uh, playing with all the weapons we have um, without being too much frustrated with the guys that are not here because it also brings a level of excitement when you think about all the players that are going to join and help our team become better. Thanks, Mark. MDS there, talking injuries, and, well, it's not looking good for the season opener. It's not looking good probably for the, the first few weeks of the season. We mentioned it before, the absences due to the visa issues and quarantine. Now we've got absences due to injuries, potential injuries. It does sound like Eric Godoy probably won't be able to go from the start on Sunday. Maybe he's going to look really good at training on Friday and will be deemed to go. But I think with that and with Owusu being out for a couple of weeks, that now basically dictates what you have to feel that the starting lineup is going to be against Portland. We'll get into that in a bit more detail in one of the later shows this week. But for me, I, I, I think you're pretty much looking at the lineup that that took the pitch against Chicago at the weekend. I would think with Baldy coming in as we, we speculated in, instead of Owusu in the middle, continuing with Ranko and Rosa in the centre of the the defence, is that going to be enough to, to hold the Timbers at bay? I guess we'll find out. They'd looked very rampant against Marathon on Tuesday night. Different level to, to MLS, obviously, but a team that has been fresh and in the middle of their season. I mean, would you guys do anything different with the, the absences that we've got? Anybody that kind of really stands out as being able to come into the, the starting lineup for this one? I think that makes the most sense. Since you, if you want to keep some 
consistency there, especially for the first few games, you want to do that. I would not change it too much. I I do like I like the the strikers wingers right now, and if you just put Baldy instead of Owusu, that could help. It, it could also hurt too, but um, but we'll see where that. The other option would be that you possibly have Godoy in the starting lineup and then move Rose into the midfield. But I'd rather have Baldissimo there. What to remind me? Who was it who came on for Owusu? Was it? Was it Bickle? Was it Russell? Who, no, Russell had the armband, right? Who came on? Ryan Raposo. Or oh, right. Oh, okay. So and then they moved. Then they moved Russell to the midfield, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, Russell started on left wing. Oh, the, yeah. Which. And they pushed him inside. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm not sure about that, but we don't have a lot of options right now. So he hasn't done too too badly. I haven't I haven't noticed him I, good or bad. I don't have a problem with that because then, like, like he can easily slide into the midfield to help the midfield out, and he can help the left back out. I, I kind of like him in that position for now. Anyway, that's kind of just derailed us a little bit. We'll talk more about the the Timbers game later in the week on one of the episodes. Let's get back to our Whitecaps season preview and bold predictions now. Any young ones that break through, rise to the top, get themselves pretty much as a starter. Mm. I would say no. The only one, I don't know if he classifies as young, but Gutierrez, I would say, mm. might be somebody that elevates himself, especially if Ali doesn't play the whole year. Um, but if I were to say somebody that really uh, does better than last year, and, and I think Raposo, potentially. Yeah. I think I think, I think think the last year was a mess for him because coming yeah. out of college, he probably wasn't ready for everything that happened. So I think this is more of what is going to be helpful to him. Yeah, I, I agree with Steve on those two. My top three would be Gutierrez. And by that, I mean him like uh, making such a stake for being the number one left back that Ali plays uh, further up the field on the left side. Yeah, good shout. Um, and uh, Raposo, yeah, I think could could be one. The other one I had was... Um, I mean, he last year he sort of did this, but was Baldissimo. Yeah. For me, if Baldissimo can get runs in the team, I think he'll be the guy that takes that opportunity and is the breakout star. I'm not sure that he will. With 4 4 2, with Kyle on the number 10, it's hard to see where Baldi's going to get those minutes from. Gutierrez, if we're classing Gutierrez as a young guy, then yeah, I think he, he'll be the guy. Uh, Egbo would be my other one that I I, I genuinely he think he will. How how old is he again? He's twenty two now. So to me, that's still a young guy. Now tied in with that and Guti, do you see Ali staying for the whole season or does he go in the summer? I think he goes. I'm I have a feeling he might have even gone last year and and they maybe because uh, of everything that happened that it was things probably got derailed. But I think he goes this summer. I thought uh, number or fifty-three-year-old Ali Adnan was going to go last year, just like Steve. So yeah, I think I think he's going to move on sooner rather than later. I also think I, that I the, think I th- I, yeah, I think the with the World Cup coming up, and if they, I think Iraq's pretty in a good position right now. If I'm not they mistaken, are. He would like to be in Europe because then he doesn't have that much travel. To That's be on the, the exact team. reason that I think as well, because they've got a great chance of getting to the World Cup. He spoke to to me a couple of weeks ago in the show about the difficulties he's found with travelling back and forward. I think that will persuade him after these round of qualifiers in June. 
and before the next ones to, to get that European deal for the next European season. And if Gooty's playing well, it's a win-win for, for the Caps. We, sure. We're talking, though, about how good his assists were, so you could be losing that, so you'd then need Gutierrez or somebody to, to step up for, for that. So just last couple of things. Will the White Caps be back at BC Place playing games this season? What's your gut telling you? Now, this is with or without fans. Do you just see that it's going to be home games for the Whitecaps? It's a long season. I would say, I'm being hopeful, I say yes. I'll, I'll, I'll go the opposite and I'll say, no, I don't think they're going to let... Uh, it's it's not about the Whitecaps wanting to or their ability to actually play. In this. I think it's the whole cross-border teams yeah. coming. Yeah. You know? so I, I, but I, I, but I feel like if, if, they, they provide, if they do the whole vaccination passport thing, and they show that the players are vaccinated, that I think they might be allowed to come across. I'm going to say no as well, because I think, again, it's going to be down to the border, and they're going to... I don't think they're going to open the border until the vast majority of both populations have had their second vaccines. And we could be looking at October, September, October, and that's maybe being optimistic for for that, for us all to have second vaccines. Hopefully we've had the first by then. Um, I, I mean, tying in with that, it, say they were, do you think there'll be fans in at games at any point this season? I've got to say no. I would say no to that, the the fans being back, even if they're... like I, When I'm saying they'll be back, I'm saying like, I'm saying September, October, November. I'm not... In the summer, I don't see them coming back at all. So I think uh, the whole summer. summer September at the earliest, and if they come back at all. If they don't come back by September... They don't come back at all. And I don't think fans would come back at all. I don't think so for the fact that if they are if if they are able to have games in BC Place and the government does allow them to have fans, I don't think it's going to be it's going to be social distance and it's going to be a very limited number. And yeah. honestly, I think the Whitecaps are going to do the math and say it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think the front office is going to say, yeah, it doesn't make sense for us to do this. As much as it would be nice for the players and the coaches to have people there supporting them, I don't think it's going to make financial sense for them, so they're not going to do it. I would, I would, I would like it if they do come back that they allow one fan to be in the stands. And <laughs> just, I, just I honestly, Pe- Pedro. I, I, I would honestly say that would be awesome if they did that, where they got permission to bring one fan in and they had just had him in the south, like in the south. Uh, and, and just waving one single flag, I think that would be a back row of flag. the upper tier, <laughs> just so they don't block anybody. <laughs> yeah, he can wave his flag to his little heart's content. Um, I, I, was, I, I, I just think I just think that would be an awesome look to have one person in the stands just uh, celebrating. I mean, I mean, what you're saying about the financial aspect, I think that's very true. Now, obviously, much smaller scale, but you can still times it for... It's applicable for any team, just on, on a scaled thing. I know from speaking to the guys at East Fife, if they open up with reduced capacity, they'll lose money. Yeah. yeah. And it's not worth them to just let a small number of fans in because they have to let their season ticket holders in and they've already paid their money. Yeah. So it's like they then can't necessarily stream games to the same extent that they were streaming them just now for folk as paying. So they, and they've got stewarding and then it's like, do they have pie stalls and how much food do they need and all that? So they, they've said, we'll, we'll lose money if we have to open with a reduced attendance. And I think yeah. that's the same for every club. If you just take it to the scale that, that their stadiums are in. I, le- I like that. 
I like that you included pie. <laughs> it's an down. important part of Scottish football. Yeah, it's an important part of football. It is. I just oh, I feel like a pie now. So, last question. <laughs> and our bold predictions for the White Caps. We're sitting here in a year's time doing our bold predictions for the 2022 season. Is Mark DeSantis still in charge of the White Caps this time next year? First off, if Michael, if we're doing 2022 predictions in April, that I, really, <laughs> I hope that's well, not the case. Well, if he, it's it's actually a 2021 prediction because he like he, he, if he gets let go, he gets let go at the end of the year. I'm not necessarily necessarily saying let go. I, I'll give you mine now. Okay, I, no, I, no, don't, uh, yeah. I don't think he's going to be the Whitecaps boss because I feel he will have moved on of his own choice. Yeah, that's what I agree to. Opportunity overseas. I think I think that uh, I have a feeling that he was. Um, I think he, if he gets him to the playoffs, which I'm predicting that he gets in playoffs, I feel like somebody will hire him because of the fact that that was just an amazing thing that he actually got the White Caps <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah, I think his stock will have risen for that. So I, I, yeah. I think he won't be. Or, or he wants to get out while he's ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd be happy for MDS for himself and his uh, the furtherment of his professional career to move on to a better opportunity because I like yeah, him. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, never forget him. Jamais souvien. But like, seriously, I'd, I'd love him. Like if, if he gets into the, the playoffs with the Whitecaps and he's really building something here, I want him here because his contract's up at the, the end of the year. That's why, why I asked yeah. that question. So if he gets us into the playoffs and we've really got something building and it's an exciting thing, you hope that he's going to get a new two, three, four-year contract. I just feel he might move on of his own volition. That's basically what I think it might be. I want I, him to stay. I guess the bottom line is I hope he gets treated better than previous coaches have in terms of uh, their contract being up <laughs> and and uh, how that how that played out. Yeah. I just hope that in a few months' time, come the end of the season, it's not been a disastrous season and we're having a debate as to should he stay as the, the Whitecaps manager, but let's hope it doesn't come to that. So so that's all the things I had down for, for our bold predictions. Do any of you guys have anything else that you want to, to make predictions for? Yeah, I have one, and it's really bold. Um, I have a feeling that five RSL supporters will switch allegiances to the Whitecaps during the season. <laughs> At least five. So if it's at least Over, five. Over, under five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I will take that bet. Uh, I'll take that bet as over. Because over. There, there has been a lot of RSL guys excited that there's another white, uh, another MLS team to watch. They're not going to get to get in to watch them by the looks of it, but still. I think with the culture and the climate of the world, Steve, that five might be low. Because oh. if, if, uh, if Salt Lake, the sale of Salt Lake doesn't go through qu- quickly... I could see I could see a few people being like, yeah, I'm not supporting this. How about this then for a bold prediction tied in with that? The two teams merge and become the real white caps playing their their colder time of the year in BC and then the summer mm. they play down in Utah. Wow. And what, what would the real white caps be? What would what is a real white cap? You mean real white caps? No, just the real white caps. <laughs> Or real salt caps. This is a bad Marvel what if. For, for, de- for your dehydration. I remember Eric Hurtado used to have that, salt caps. Or real white salt lake caps. That kind of fits in. Hmm. Lake. There's always caps on the lake. Any other predictions or should we just call it a day here? I like that one though. 
So that is it for our, our Whitecaps predictions. That is it for our Whitecaps season preview. But that isn't quite it for this episode. We've still got a little bit more to bring you. So because we're bringing out so many episodes this week, I thought, well, first of all, we're not going to open soccer packs at the start of every episode. I thought that would really bore you to tears. We'll do it for another one bit before our live weekend show, though, on Sunday. Just in case you were wondering why that wasn't kicking off the show as we have the, the last couple of times. We're also not going to play a song every episode from our Artist of the Month for April Blastoff Country Style. Although they will feature in at least one of the other episodes that we'll bring you out this week. As will Wavelength. So what I thought I would have in every show that we're going to do is just kind of a fun segment. So we had Evan Newton talking chocolate digestives and his diet in yesterday's episode. I'm going to bring you a Have You Heard section in this show. For any new listeners or for just those regular ones that have forgot, every now and again we're going to do Have You Heard. We're going to play a song from an up-and-coming artist, either from Scotland or maybe from here in Vancouver, just to kind of get their music out there, get it out to a wider audience. So I am going over to Scotland for this episode's Have You Heard. Singer-songwriter PG Charletta. He's an East Fife fan, been friends with his dad for many, many years. We've played him a lot on our East Fife podcast, Glory Days of Gold. And his singles have been riding high in the Scottish singles charts. This is another one that is doing that. This is PG Charletta and Let Go. It's a game and you never know what's coming round the corner Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no The obstacles come thick and fast and you're steering yourself Away from disaster Oh no, oh no, oh no You're thinking about where you're going next Pure freaking out but you get there and the end. oh no, oh no, oh no Then it comes the point When you're ready to let go Have you ever said fuck it, I know I don't care anymore I'm just ready to let go, let go, let go, let go Packing bags and get it to fuck Never looking back I'm just ready to let go Let go Let go Let go Struggling to get out of bed And you're full of suckies You've been on the sesh Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes You're giving it a 50% And you're going through the motions when you're at Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes Your heart and soul's not there anymore And you're dreaming of jacking it up Oh yes, oh yes Oh yes, 
Then it comes the point When you're ready to let go Have you ever said fuck it I know I don't care anymore I'm just ready to let go Let go Let go Let go Packing bags and get it to fuck Never looking back I'm just ready to let go Let go Let go Let go Cause you never know when you're gonna die Stick your fingers up and give those cards the fucking cream pie Have you ever said fuck it? I know I don't care anymore I'm just ready to let go Let go Let go Let go Pack your bags and get it to fuck Never looking back I'm just ready to let go 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 Lego, 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 go, go, Lego. Fife based singer songwriter and East Fife fan, PG Charletta, there with Let Go. You can let me know what you think of that one. You can check that out on Spotify if you want to support local music. Well, local to the guys in Scotland. As always, we're always looking for any good recommendations of Vancouver or BC or even just Canadian artists that we can help promote on the show. So get those coming in to us. We've had a couple of people make suggestions so far, so I'm going to check those out. But that is it for this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. Just before we go, guys, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapSpeed. You can find me back on Twitter at Zachary AM. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read our stuff on the website, AFTN.ca. And as I said, give us a follow on YouTube, AFTN Canada, and Instagram, AFTN Soccer. We'll be back tomorrow with our Western Conference season preview and bringing you some fun audio clips from around the league as well. As always, thank you so much for listening. Take care and stay safe, guys. And mourn the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.
Et...